Hello, and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast about movies we haven't seen yet. My name is Trent. I'll be your host today. I'm sitting here with my wife, Betsy. Oh, hi. We have reached 1983, Betsy, in our decade series. And today we're going to cover a little movie called Star Wars Revenge <laughs> of... Wait. No, wrong. No, no we're wrong. Betsy, we're going to cover a movie that neither of us have seen. It's Flashdance. Yeah, it's very 80s. It's very 80s. Because when looking at the list of movies from 1983, we've either seen them mm-hmm. or already covered them for the podcast. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like 1983, we were going through just all of the movies that were released. And it was kind of hard to narrow it down to this one because, like you said, we've covered a lot of them already, Scarface being the most recent. And, you know, Star Wars was uh, was the last one in the original trilogy that came out that we've already seen many times. And, yeah, like, the, the selection was kind of lacking, I think. But, For this year, it was a little tricky, but yeah. we have one banger, and it's Flashdance. I mean, the only thing that we could have possibly chosen is Flashdance, so here we are. Betsy... We haven't seen the movie yet. What do you know about it? I know that it is starring Jennifer Beals, star yes. of the 80s. I couldn't name another movie off the top of my head nope. that she's in, but I nope. know she's someone who was around. She's an icon of the 80s. An if icon nothing of the else, 80s. If nothing else, she is an icon of the 80s, basically because of her look. That's about it. Her look? Yeah. Like, wasn't she the one that popularized the, the leg warmers? I think this movie had something to do with it, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, But I don't actually know her style, if she was a style icon. I don't know that much about Jennifer Beals. Nobody does, I because also, she didn't really do much after I this. also don't know a whole lot about this movie. I know that this woman is working in, like, a steel factory, yeah. but she has secret dreams of being a dancer, right. as one does. Right, isn't this, like, the, the original, oh, it's a stripper with a heart of gold. I don't think she's a stripper. I think I don't know. it's the one where she drops water on herself. Yes. That's in this movie. And it's also the the origin of that song. What a feeling. Yeah. yeah. Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the 80s when everything had its iconic it had a, song. It had to have a theme. Yes. Yeah. And other than that, no idea who else is in this movie. Yeah. Don't know if she makes it. I'm going to go with, yes, she makes it. Yeah, I'm going to say she probably... Because otherwise, why would we be watching this movie? I'm going to say she probably makes it. There's probably a love interest somewhere because it's the 80s. You can't have a strong, independent woman without a man involved. Hell no. You need a man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, I don't know a goddamn thing about the the movie itself, the plot, the other people in it. I don't even know if we're going to recognize anybody. We'll see. We'll see. So we're going to go and watch Flashdance for... From 1983, we'll be right back. back betsy what a feeling what a feeling how are you feeling after that like a maniac a maniac on the floor (laughs) and i'm dancing like i've never danced before you don't dance uh not really no (laughs) not like this and neither does jennifer beals no and they make no attempts to let you 
think otherwise. Yep. Like that- uh, like most things in the 1980s, mm-hmm. this movie's absurd. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, man, I don't really know how to react to this other than, wow, that was an 80s movie. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, no. but there's there's a fact on the IMDb page that said the original cut was two hours, 20 minutes. This is barely over an hour and a half, and it feels like they have cut so much, and even what's left makes no sense. Like, what did they cut? Just more dance sequences? I, it's gotta be. I have no idea, but there's everybody, basically... Everybody else in that bar would have had their own dance sequence, and maybe multiple. I don't know. Maybe, but there's like no character development. The development there is makes no sense. Mm-hmm. There's all these characters we're introduced to that kind of we don't understand why are they here, why she knows them, right. why it's relevant, why are they doing the things that they do. There's barely any payoff for anything that they set up, including the movie itself. Because yeah. it ends with just a fade out after she just tries. Yeah. Is, is that the, the, the moral of the story here? Just try? She is 18 years old. She's working as a welder, but she has dreams of being a ballet dancer. And she's very upset that she doesn't have her entire life worked out yet. Right. At 18 years old, she's a failure and she's too (laughs) scared to try. But she has this older woman who is a former Ziegfeld Follies girl and a ballerina, I Uh guess. Uh Uh-huh. Which we don't know any, like, backstory between these two people. How did they meet? She's 18 years old. She's not from here, this older woman never leaves her house except when she dies. <laughs> um, okay, and when she goes to the ballet. Okay, sure. One time she leaves her house. <laughs> but yes, I'm going to go ahead and say what I told you while we were watching the movie. Clearly, this old woman was a fellow welder. Sure. And that's how they met. It's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and she's encouraging her to join this repertoire. Yeah. This repertory theater. This dancing company. This dancing company. And we see her go. And the woman at the desk says, you have to put down all of your your training, your, your experience. Formal training, all of the different like schools that you've been to. And she's 18. She hasn't gone to anywhere. She wears fucking work boots to the audition. And, and- I'm, I'm sorry, but if you at 18 have never had ballet training, it's too late for you. It is. It's too late. Like you might be able to go to some school for dance, but you are never going to make it as a professional ballerina. That's just a fact. They start training when they're like fucking four years old. And they are very, very strict, mm-hmm. regimented lives, and they have to do so much training. You essentially have to be born a ballerina. Pretty ba- much. B- a ballet star. If if you're going to make it, you have had to put the work in. Yeah. And she's a good dancer, not going to lie. She's, when okay, whoever's doing the dancing yeah. is a good dancer. Yeah, the French dancer who is uh, standing in for Jennifer Beals. They're a great dancer. But it's clearly not Jennifer Beals. I'm convinced she didn't dance at all in this movie, except for during She's a Maniac, where she's just shaking her head and sweating everywhere. Right, right. And that is the only sequence in this entire movie, save the very first one in a couple of close-up shots when she's dancing at the bar. But it becomes very apparent very quickly that the reason there is this bright light behind her and she's backlit and there's a lot of shadows mm-hmm. is that's clearly not Jennifer Beals, which yeah. you expect that sort of thing in any dance movie. But by the end, they just stopped trying. Yeah, like by the end, her actual audition, 
That looked like fucking Brian May. Yeah, I don't know who Seriously. that was. It was Seriously. not her though. She it's like this person is like very muscular and you could see in the in the not quite close-up shots, that is not her. I know what Jennifer Beals looks like by now. The fact that there is literally a close-up shot where she goes right up to the judges, the panel, and she's like pointing at them, and it's not her. No, like they they're not linger. even trying to like cover up the face with the hair. No, they linger long enough on it to know that's not Jennifer Beals, and they don't do the backlighting, and they don't do anything to conceal yeah, that this. that room is very well lit. I don't understand this movie. <laughs> Why are you not even trying at that point? Because Jennifer Beals could have absolutely done that scene. Like, you can't pretend to be a dancer a little bit. Like, did you stop filming at one point and then decide to go back and film this rehearsal scene and not even have her on set? Is, is that what happened? I don't know. It's an interesting choice. That's all I know. Yeah. And it seems like most of the other dancers probably were doing their own dancing at least to a degree because yeah. they're side characters. They don't really matter that much. No. So they can be non-actors. If you can read your lines, you can be an actor in this movie. Yeah. And frankly, some of the other dances I liked a lot better than hers. Yeah. Like the one woman with the short spiky hair who's going on a manhunt. I was like, this is right. wild. She was awesome. But then there was the other woman who did the strobe light dancing where I literally stopped being able to look at the screen because right. it went on for too long with the strobe yeah. lights. Yeah, in the 80s, uh, that wasn't really uh, a thing uh, to, to warn people about the, at least to warn people about strobe lights. Yeah. Did you know this can have an adverse effect on you? Oh, yeah. It's real bad. So the whole plot of this movie is just a lot of little vignettes of her living her life as a welder. Yeah. Her boss is trying to hit on her and she says, I don't think it's a good idea for us to date. And then it's like her hanging out with her friend intermingled with scenes of her boss trying to get her to go out with him. Right. And she suddenly just decides, like, for the first part of the movie, it's like, okay, she is a woman standing mm -hmm. on her own two feet. She is a grown-up. Yeah, she lives by herself yeah. in a warehouse. She has learned a trade. She is making money. She has a dream. She has friends of her own. She has this dream. And you know what? That's a very progressive and modern kind of a storytelling trope. But, like you said, by the middle of the movie... The guy, Nick, her boss, wears her down and finally says some stupid line to say, as a response to her saying, I don't want to date the boss, well, you're fired, so let's go out tonight. And th is that enough? Apparently, because when they finally go on a date, which they do immediately after this, yep. she goes home, brings him home with her. Mm-hmm. And starts taking off her bra yeah, in front of him. She goes back and, like, puts on her iconic collarless shirt. Slouchy sweatshirt without right. the neck. Yeah. Yeah. And that would that became a thing of the 80s. It really did. But this whole sequence is just bizarre. First, she's wearing this little leather skirt. And mm -hmm. she does this maneuver where she hikes it up and squats and, yeah. like, sits with her legs really wide. Right in front of him. In front of him. And this is someone that she keeps saying she doesn't need to date. She's not going to date him. Uh-huh. As she is, like, sitting there, like, digging around in her shirt to try to take her bra off and just like saying, I don't even know what she's talking about. I stopped because, listening. Again, I stopped listening much like he did. 
<laughs> he got completely distracted, as did we. Yeah. Her dialogue doesn't matter because she is in the middle of taking her bra off underneath her shirt. Uh-huh. And then they have some of the most awkward kissing I've ever seen in a movie. Well, even before that, he gets up to leave. Yeah. He gets a fucking heart on and says, okay, no, I'm not going to do this because this is, like, she is way too forward here. Yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah, all of a sudden, she has him where she wants him. And guess what? They're going to fuck. And they do. Yeah. And then because it's a weeknight and they work for a living, right. she gets up and goes to work and leaves him in her apartment so he's late. Right. And we all, we also don't really see where this bed is. Like... She's got a weird apartment. It's a warehouse. She it's even a warehouse. says it. It's a trendy thing that is very commonplace now, but in 1983 was probably sure. unusual. <laughs> right. And like, how much is she paying for this place? I would like to know. She's squatting. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> she has a couch and a chair and a TV and a dancing bar and a kitchen. Like, who set this up for her? Was this already there? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense because- from, It's kind of a cool place. From here, it just turns into this fucking roller coaster where she yeah. acts like a goddamn child. She does. Like, the second they start actually seeing each other, she becomes insane. So they go on this date, and then some point- she goes to the ballet and sees him with another woman. And right. her immediate reaction is to go to his house and throw a rock in his window. Yeah, she's throwing a fit instead of, you know, asking him about it. What or, that was. Yeah. Hey, who is that woman that you were with? Why didn't you tell me that you were actually going to be there? Because you know I was going to be there with my friend. Yeah. And they figure out. At work, in front of literally everybody, they have this very loud public fight right. where he says, it was my ex-wife, we have, you know, friends together on the arts council, and we yeah. have to make an appearance at this fundraiser once He's a year. some fucking big shot who drives a Porsche yeah. in 1983 and is on this weird, like, artsy committee that because he and his ex-wife were on as a couple, they have to attend together once a year? I guess. It's just very abstract. And then she gets this, and she's like, oh, okay, it's fine. Right, and then everybody claps to say, okay, they're they're, they're okay now. In front of literally everybody. It's yeah. like you have spent the first third of this movie not wanting to go out with this guy, and I applaud you for that because he is your boss and you shouldn't date your boss and he is also according to the age of the actual actor is double her age literally she's, she's 18 they say it many times she is 18, she's 18 years 18. old he was 36 yeah jesus christ they don't explicitly say his age in the movie so no. i will even give you let's be generous he's 30 he's in his let's, 30s let's be really kind and say he's 30 so he uh -huh. is very much too old to be dating this 18 year old like, who does not have her shit together i'm sitting there thinking to myself oh what would it be like to date an 18 year old oh that would be insane if you were dating an 18 year old now yeah basically yeah why? No. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't like, date people half your age. That would it's a bad idea. That would drive me insane because I have my shit together. I, I mean, in, the, in this case, I own a business and I am responsible for not only the business, but all these employees and everybody else. And I drive a Porsche and drive and have a very right. fancy house and go to fancy restaurants. Right. And you are essentially slumming it with this girl who is living in this warehouse who has no prospects other than being a, uh, being cute and being a fancy dancer. 
I, a flash dancer. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I just don't know. I mean, yes, there's an attraction there because she's very attractive. Oh, yeah. She's super cute in this. Oh, and yeah. She's, you know, she stands out when you're looking at all of the other women in the movie. Yeah. But, and you know what? She's also kind of a sex pot, too. Like, when she turns it on. When she turns it on. Like, when they go to the fancy restaurant and she's sucking on a fucking. She's slurping down lobster right, she's in sucking, a tuxedo. She's sucking down lobster tails. And is playing footsie with him. Oh, no, no. She's not playing footsie. She's putting her foot on his dick. That is not quite the same I mean, thing. That's, that's like the progression of where footsie goes. She skipped the footsie <laughs> part. She just started touching his dick, asking how he likes phone booths. Right. And his ex-wife, for some reason, comes in there. Yeah, so they can have a scene so she can take off her shirt, yeah. her jacket, to reveal that she is wearing Nothing basically... Nothing else but this vest thing. I don't know what you call this thing. It's I just don't know. like the front of the shirt, and that is it. And you know, the look Like, of, you're getting side boob. Right, the, like, the look of her wearing the tuxedo was a fucking power move. I appreciate that. But the fact that she has nothing on underneath but this white front is pretty hot. Well, yeah, and she, Very hot. she does it to say, oh, yeah, he took me there and I fucked his brains I out. I fucked his brains it's out. It's a great move, but yeah. it's just like the last scene, you were screaming at each other right. at work in front of all of your male coworkers, right. and now you are trying to fuck him in a phone booth in front of his ex-wife. And I know maybe this is just her like claiming her territory in front of the ex-wife to say, hey, yeah, we're a thing. Get the fuck away from me. I want nothing to do with you. Sure. Go for it, because she's 18 and she can. But it's just, again, roller coaster. Yeah. Like, I, I had to stop the movie and see how far we were. When she's going through her whole uh, being offended by the fact that he made a call on her behalf, a as a like a revenge thing, like, she picks up smoking. At no other time in the movie... Does she smoke? But 15 minutes left in the movie, she starts smoking. And it happens, like, two or three times after that, too. Okay, so since you brought this up, this is where we kind of, again, take this dramatic left turn. So she finally gets back together with him. They're having sexy times. Uh -huh. And she basically gets a pep talk from him that convinces her to just go for it, to fill out her application. Right, they're in the afterglow and he is telling her, yeah, you just need to go for it. Yeah, so she goes, she fills it out, knowing she has no experience, knowing that she has no training. And really no shot. And let's be honest, if he did not make that phone call, she would not have gotten an audition. Correct. That is just a fact. At that place anyway. At that place, he pulled the little string he needed to, to say, get her an audition. Right. That is all he did. But she has an absolute fucking meltdown because he says, I called them last night and said it was a special occasion. She says, last night? I only found out today. Stop the car in the Stop middle of the this car. tunnel and I'm going to get out and walk away. And throw my shoe at you because <laughs> she's a fucking child. She's a child. And she tries to say, I'm not going to the audition because I have to do it by myself because <laughs> I'm four and a grown-up now. <laughs> It's like, what the fuck is your problem? And this is where she just starts smoking right. and slapping him and having fights. And he's like, you're just scared. You have to do it. And you're scared and you're blaming me. Okay. I'm just, he, he yeah. literally got you the audition. Right. Fucking take the audition. So who cares how you got there? So she finally does go 
she has to restart. She fucks up and she has to restart. And yeah, after you restart, you did it really well. And like some of the people- Well, someone some did the, it well. It wasn't some, Jessica Well, Beals. sure. Some of the, the judges are into it. And who the hell knows what happens because that's where the fucking movie ends. He's outside with his Porsche. Standing and, next to his Porsche. And her dog wearing a bow. You can't just put a bow on the dog she already owns. <laughs> yep. You didn't get her a puppy. That doesn't count. Well, and it's a callback to an earlier conversation about she's asking her friend, oh, did you get flowers after? every performance that you did and i don't i don't even know if she actually did any kind of performances like that is she an old-timey stripper is that what we're meant to find out i mean Hannah? fine i don't care but it's a callback to the thing about her getting flowers or not getting flowers and she says well tell me about it when you finally do it well she doesn't actually do it here because maybe they think there's no way in hell that she is ever going to be the main person at an event like that I don't know, because she's just auditioning, and he's waiting for her. And again, why is he here? Because the last time we saw him, they were fighting. Yeah. And he called her chicken shit or whatever. And, like, he is basically stalking her half of this movie. I don't get it. So, I have a theory, though. Listen, this is fully formed. And and by fully formed, I mean definitely not. Okay. But this movie was directed by Adrian Lin, who also directed Fatal Attraction. What was Glenn Close's name in Fatal Attraction, Trent? I'll tell you, it was Alex. What was this woman's name, Trent? Alex? Yes, Flashdance is a prequel to Fatal Attraction, and that's why this bitch is crazy. (laughs) 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 I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's the only thing that makes sense. She's got the curly hair. She changed her last name. She went blonde. She went to the big city and fucked some other crazy dude. (laughs) I'm just telling you right now. That's my theory. I wonder if that theory has been uh, talked about before. Probably. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to tell you, it's the (laughs) only thing that makes sense for how insane this movie is. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. She is not crazy. She's a fucking child. Okay. She's going crazy because she's going to fatal attraction this dude later. (laughs) Well, so far we've only talked about these two characters yet, and there's a, there's more to talk about with them, but let's kind of hop around to these other people that we meet throughout. Uh, when we first start following Alex around, she goes to this bar, which, by the way, thinking about the entire movie, is there only one bar in this entire city? It's Pittsburgh. As far as this group is concerned, yeah. yes. Yeah. That it's is the their sa- hang. It's the same people at every bar every night. The only bar. It's here or the strip club. Yeah. Take your pick. Right. Anyway, we got the other dancers uh, at the at this bar who is, I mean, it's not a strip club. It is like, what you, What would you even call this place? It's, is it a variety thing? Because they it's also allow. Of, it's kind of a variety show. Yeah. But these chicks take their dancing very seriously. They're not yeah. strippers. They're dancers. They, I, the closest you could call them is exotic dancers, but, but they're even not then, even like tits yeah. out. They, they, no. they take a few layers off. Yeah. Like the, the name exotic dancer is, has been co-opted by strippers because they yeah. take that as a more, let's say, classier version of the word. Yeah, I don't know what you call this. I guess you call it flash dancing because I don't know what else to refer to it as. They go out there once a night. They don't get tips, so I don't understand how they're being paid. They go out, they do their routine that is elaborately costumed and lighted. And I I would say everybody has a, a day job. This is what they do to hang out at night. I guess. But the the only person that we see have the day job is Alex. 
And she has she has the friend, a, a genie, who is the waitress there, who is also going out with Richie. Who's a figure skater or yeah. an aspiring figure skater. Genie Again, is... I'm going to tell you, genie, it's too late for you, honey. Yeah. <laughs> this is the 80s where skating was really big, so I get why Starting she would, to be really, really big. Yeah. While she would have this character point mm-hmm. but yeah she falls on her ass and doesn't get back up again she mm-hmm. just gives up it's like genie come on girl right. get your act together at least you tried yeah but she's dating the cook of this restaurant slash bar slash strip joint presumably they seem to be it feels more like she wants to date him but he's like no i've got big dreams and i'm gonna get out of this rinky dink town uh, kind of what he's He's terrible. Yeah. His, I have no other way to say it other than that. He's not a good comedian. No. His jokes are all about the polls. Yeah. It's all Polak jokes and like just stupid observations and like insult comedy. Yeah. He's not good. And I don't know what she sees in him. And he says, I'm going to go to Hollywood. And he goes, but he comes back. He comes right back like within a month. Yeah. He basically made it out there. Yeah. And turned around and came back. <laughs> Nailed it. But again, at least he tried. They're all yeah. trying, Trent, but they're all going to live in this blue collar right. town the whole rest of their lives. And like after he leaves, she gets in with the owner of the strip joint, which I didn't even get his name. Doesn't matter. He's an asshole. I don't know. He's just on the street screaming, girls, girls, topless, nude girls, all nude, all day. All live, every day. And he grabs their asses and yeah. beats people up. He's a piece of shit. And He's so, of, of course, Jeannie dates him and also becomes a stripper. Yeah. And Alex has to go over there and rescue her. And I feel like that whole thing needed a little more. Oh, yeah, it's a very dramatic change where she calls the restaurant and asks for Jeannie. And the guy says, well, she doesn't work here anymore. She's over at that club now. Mm -hmm. And she's there with her little thong and her tits out. And she's just on a table swinging her legs around. Uh And Alex comes in and grabs her and drags her out of the bar and throws her coat around her and gives her shit about being a stripper. First of all, if you want to be a stripper, be a stripper. It's great money. (laughs) Yeah, it can be. It can be great money. It sure looked like that place was pretty crowded. Yeah. But she just has like this immediate like breakdown and cries in the streets like, I'm cold and I want to go home. Seriously, there's not much of a difference between what you are doing in the bar and what she is doing at the strip club. No, and we literally never see Jeannie again. There's no resolution to that. No. It's like, okay, so did you just rescue her from this life of sin? And like, like shame what just her? happened? Yeah, she fucking shames her after getting out of there. Yeah. Now, you... I can understand you not wanting her to be with the asshole. Yeah. I understand that completely. And if you're making money, great. But uh, don't be shaming your friend for going off and making money. Well, and it's the, you know, the pot calling the kettle black because at least sure. she's out there. She tried to live her dream and you haven't even tried. And fucking Alex... What has she been doing? She hasn't been going to the bar to dance. She's even, been sulking. Even, even the owner says, well, you haven't been to work in weeks. No, she doesn't need any money because she's fucking the the, the boss man. But she hasn't even been going Porsche. to that job either because exactly. he even said you haven't been coming to work. Exactly. So you just threw a fit after your boyfriend tried to help you and you've been in your apartment sulking for a week. Yeah. You got it made, girl. And you got you got a rich boyfriend who wants to do everything for you and pay for everything and probably pay for, pay your way through school. Yeah. And you got the balls to go shame your friend for making some money. Exactly. 
But you know what this movie reminded me of? Like, at least the characters and some of the things that they're doing. Coyote Ugly. I got that vibe Think a little about bit. It. You got the the young up-and-coming artist who wants to make a name for themselves, going to the big city, and is working at a bar, but you you have dreams of making it bigger. That's every one of these movies it like is. this. And there's always the sequence where there is some misunderstanding with the love interest who's right. just trying to help you, but you're too proud and too self-righteous to mm-hmm. let them help you. Right. And then ultimately you do it your own way, and then everything ends happily. Everything ends up okay. And... I have no idea how this ends up because of how the movie ends. It just cuts to, I guess we're happy now. It fades away. She pulls out a rose and gives it to him and that's it. It fades out. Yeah, we don't know if she got, if she nailed the audition because the judges seemed like they were having a good time. That doesn't mean she got the gig. No, they can have a good time, but then say, hey, you're not fit for this particular thing. You're not quite what we're looking for. Like, go to another city. Go to New York. Like, do you know how many opportunities there are? Mm -hmm. Another movie that came out around this time was Staying Alive, which is the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. And the whole plot of that is him trying to make it on Broadway. And it's a whole lot of this kind of dancing. Like, it's not to say you couldn't make it. Yeah. But why ballet? Like, it doesn't seem like your style. That's her thing, though. She she has decided to do the research. She's read all the books. She's watched all of the performances on TV, which, how, wh- why? Why is this stuff on broadcast television is, is my question. For reasons. In, Pit- in Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't know. It's just very convoluted, like how this is what she's fascinated with. And her audition, if you are trying to be a ballet dancer, doesn't really make sense. Like, it's too energetic. It's too big. I don't get it. Like, yeah. yeah. And then at the end, she just hugs her boyfriend and fades to black. Mm -hmm. Did she make it? What happened? Is she going to be in the repertory theater? Is she just going to be a welder forever? Are these two going to fucking fight until they break up? It seems like that. Uh, I don't know whether or not he would be willing to put up with her stupid bullshit. I wouldn't. Like, she genuinely acts like a child at these manic levels where she's just, everything's fine. Just kidding. Everything's fine. Just kidding. Yeah. And like, I think about the logistics of her being a welder at the age of 18. How are you able to be trained to do all of that work at 18 when you probably have had zero experience prior to that? Maybe it's... How are you allowed to even be hired at at 18 and do all that stuff without any training? Maybe it's the metaphor where, well, if she can do this, then she could become a ballet dancer. I don't know. Well, Betsy, uh, we we would be remiss if we did not talk about the soundtrack of this movie. It is the only thing worth a crap about this movie. It it kind of is. And I'll tell you this. We were uh, reading some of the the trivia from this movie, and I can see why this became a a hit, let's say. Starting off, the movie did not do well. The opening, uh, I think they said the opening numbers was about $8 million. And even in in 1983, that's okay. But... The thing that actually put this movie over the top wasn't necessarily just word of mouth or marketing. It was MTV. Yeah, the soundtrack. Yeah. Banger after banger. Yeah. Became popular. MTV started in 1981. This came out in 83. And by this time, MTV was starting to really become a cultural thing. The place. And because MTV was pushing the music from this movie so hard... 
it launched the the popularity of it. Th- this movie stayed in the theater longer than hardly any other movie at the time because it had such a long tail because of the soundtrack. Young people discovered it through MTV. They bought the soundtrack. They kept on going back. It made $200 million by the end of that it. That is bananas because yeah. the movie is not very good. It's not. No. Is it bad? No. No. But it's not very good. The soundtrack itself sold 700 thousand copies in two weeks and then it won the oscar for best original song right and they they rewrote the fucking track on the way to the studio like half the songs in this talk about being a steel town worker right a steel town girl in a small town <laughs> world or whatever the fuck they're singing well, about also the the main theme here was meant for a man mm-hmm. and they re they reconsidered it because hey you know what the main character here is a woman it is kind of about being a woman in the big city by yourself let's get a woman to sing it right and now she's got an oscar to prove fucking prove awesome it. <laughs> yeah so we have all these different montages we there's have, so many montages we have the, the right away at the beginning the first thing in the movie is the main song what a feeling what Fl- what me, a feeling me, flash dance Dot, 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 what a feeling, (laughs) (laughs) is the real name of that song. And we get to that bit with her dropping the water on her. Right away. It's the first dance. I figured that'd be later in the movie. I thought that was going to be the finale. Nope. First dance. You also had I Love Rock and Roll. Was that when they were working out? Yes, it was the workout montage. What the fuck was this? Let's go work out. And they are like in this white room, brightly lit. This Close is not up a shots. This no. is not a gym. This is a music video. It looks like they were working out in front of that screen in the bar. Yeah. It was so nonsensical. <laughs> and it was all of the dancers from the club. Yeah, and like, it didn't need to be in here. No. And like I said before, clearly all these people have day jobs. What were you doing? Why are you not working? Maybe it this was Sunday. During the day. <laughs> There's also this montage of her and Jeannie going around the city. Like we have the scene of them coming across these uh, break dancers they in the, stay in the a park. Long time watching those break dancers, uh-huh. long enough that a crowd forms. Right, and then after that, they go and harass one of the the traffic cops, who is apparently a staple of Pittsburgh. He is famous locally, yeah, as a famous traffic cop. Sure. So, but that whole sequence went, what, like 10, 15 minutes? I don't even know, but nothing happened. It was just no. a way for us to observe her in her environment and where she takes inspiration for her finale dance. I guess. That's how these movies always go. You're drawing inspiration constantly from all around you. Yeah, and we also have a one more thing here. During the ice skating sequence, we have the song Gloria. Yeah, her friend skates to Gloria. Morning Gloria. Which, again, I don't know the exact rules about skating to songs with words, but I'm pretty sure even in those days they didn't do it. I'm pretty sure you can. In minor, minor circles you might be able to, but at the professional level, up until about five years ago, you could not perform to a song with lyrics. Hmm. It was forbidden. Like, you genuinely couldn't do it. It became a really big deal a few years ago. Okay. This is why I'm saying, in the 80s, when they were taking it really seriously, <laughs> the fact that she danced to that, or skated to that, excuse skated me. Skated to that, yes. But she does dance later because she becomes a stripper, it's if you true. want to call that dancing. Oh, shit. She's on her back. What she is doing, 
why is okay this is a random transition completely why is everyone always sweating in this movie there's so much sweating and water and like shaking heads around like that strip club everyone if they're not covered in glitter is just moist <laughs> well yeah that's the thing Every, they're damp it's because they're covered in glitter betsy i their pores, hated it their pores cannot breathe i i genuinely hated it it's like this is like the skeeziest most disgusting place betsy we've seen showgirls we know how that is oh it just bothered me and like the iconic dance where she dumps the water on her yeah. the only time you could tell it's jennifer beals is she's up close and she's just shaking water out of her hair yeah. that's all she's doing also great hair Great she hair. does. She does have great hair. And it's it's seeming, it's a fabulous 1983 perm. It, it's kind of like you don't even have to put anything in it. Like the trope about the 80s is like hairspray and like big, big hair. She didn't have to do a damn thing with that. It's just a perm. You didn't see her doing any of that, certainly. Right. Anyway, I don't want to talk about hair. Uh, th- there's only a couple more things that I had. First of all, apparently this was also co-produced at least by Jerry Bruckheimer. I forget he goes back this far. Yeah. And this is not the kind of movie he became known for. There's no explosions whatsoever. No explosions? You're failing us, Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> and then the only other thing I had was a very, very small role of a guy who would not become famous until the 90s. Not even really that famous. Robert Wool. Yeah. Uh, who was one of the spectators during one of the dances. He's the heckler. Yeah. Is what he is. He's like a bar regular. Right. Who is hassling her friend when he's bombing on stage. That's right. Yeah. This is one of his earliest credited roles. I didn't know anyone else in this movie. So of course, when he's there, I was like, oh, someone I recognize. Right. And like, he didn't even re- really get that famous. He's most famous for being Arliss on the show. Arliss. In the 90s. In the 90s on HBO. Yeah. If you didn't watch that, you have no idea who we're talking about. No, and that was the really the only thing he ever did. And he shows up in movies like this once in a while. Like, sure. I think he's in Pretty Woman or some movie like that where yeah. it's like he shows up one time Very as a smarmy bit, dude and yeah. that's it. Very bit parts. Uh, but Betsy, that is all I had to say about Flashdance. What, what else did you have? That's kind of it. it. This movie was all over the place. I didn't hate it. I don't think I'm ever going to watch it again. I, mean, I do kind of want to get the soundtrack, though. Yeah, that was the only time I ever got excited. Like, yeah. okay, other than when she was in the restaurant in her suit and she started taking it off, <laughs> I got to say, hey, this is where the movie's getting good. Come on. <laughs> but then it just it all, all went downhill from there. Yeah. That was a waste. Like, come on. Anyway, all right. That's where we're going to end 1983 for now. We would love to hear from you. What did you think about Flashdance, about 1983, or 73, or 63, or anything that you might think that we're going to cover in the future? Email us, neverseenitpod at gmail.com. We actually got an email about a movie we covered from the 80s from our superfan, Stephanie, uh, about a fish called Wanda. She says, a fish called Wanda is amazing. It is so funny and delightful. I love Ken. Every scene with Michael Palin is so freaking funny. I love a heist movie, and this one tricks you because you think that the heist is over, but then they try to heist each other. They do. The whole movie is a lot of who did what now? I was surprised that it wasn't more about the heist itself. No. No, it's just about what happens after. Uh Kevin Kline, he is fantastic in this movie and deserves that Oscar. Agreed. That character is so well written, so well done, John Cleese. Did you know that he is married to Phoebe Cates. Speaking of 80s heartthrobs. Yeah, Kevin Klein married Phoebe Cates in the 80s. Awesome, buddy. 
Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is really great in this, too. She is the real mastermind. Kind of. She's kind of the brains, the the beauty, and the brawn. Yeah, she does one. all of those things. <laughs> uh, she says, uh, we watched A Knock at the Cabin this week. That's that uh, Shyamalan movie that uh, we're way behind on. Uh, I very much enjoyed it and recommend it. I honestly did not watch any trailers for it, and I recommend avoiding spoilers if possible. Yeah, I haven't heard a thing. It came and went pretty quickly at the beginning yeah. of this year, and I have not heard any spoilers. Yeah. Amazingly. But yeah, that's from Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. If you would like to tell us about A Knock at the Cabin, about Flashdance, or any other movie that we have covered, or any suggestions that you, you want us to cover, because our August is taken care of, but we have no plans whatsoever for September. So give us some suggestions. Do you have any ideas for a series we might want to do? We've got a lot of ideas, but we you might inspire us. There's so many movies, so many series. Yeah. Give us your thoughts. Give us your ideas. Email us, neverseenitpod at gmail.com. In each and every episode description, we have a bunch of links. There's a link there to support the show financially. There's links to all of our social media stuff. You know how to find that stuff. You guys are smart people. But really, what we're asking you to do is go to your podcast app of choice. Go in there. Rate us five stars if you haven't already. Give us a review. Share us with your friends. Find an episode that you think your friend is going to like. Send them the link over to there and have them subscribe over on Spotify, please. But that is going to be the yet for 1983. This was Flashdance. Betsy, I did not think I was going to have a very good time, but I did. I had an all right enough time anyway. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be back to you next time with a movie from 1993. I think it's going to be a surprise uh, that we haven't seen this movie, considering what our history is. Maybe. Maybe. We so, don't know. All right, we're getting back in our time machine, and we'll be back to you in another 10 years, or in just a few days, really, with the 1993 movie. Until then, this has been Never Seen It. My name is Trent. My name is Betsy. We'll be back to you later. Bye!